Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, the president of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hey y'all, I'm Rose Garza, the co-EDI chair and the past president of Add to Houston. And as always, our producer Jacob Danton, who is in the studio with us. Hello everyone. Today on the show we have Devonte Hill. Devonte is a community outreach liaison for Harris County District Clerk Office. He's also a former Add to member and a good friend of mine, someone who I've had the pleasure of knowing for many years and just one of the most talented people I know. Devonte, thanks for being I don't here. Know about all that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Salutations, everyone. <laughs> so Devonte, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, this, a uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We haven't seen each other in a minute man i was like yeah, yeah the COVID thing really kind of messes up uh the whole interconnected thing yeah it really has uh we should hey we're all going up for dinner after this <laughs> okay so Devante, uh so every, something that we do every time with all of our guests we would like to ask you a little bit about how you got involved with ad2 aaf uh and you know the ad club in general Right. So um, back at SFA, because I went to SFA for undergrad and um, I did advertising as my minor. And um, so I was working with a lot of the different uh, programs there. I was just doing side projects. And then we had one event and I, I'm going to butcher the name because I completely forgot about it. But um, it's, it's that event where a bunch of schools from all over the, te- the state oh. uh, compete at an ad campaign. NSAC? I think I might have been that right, one. The National Student this one was in Austin. Competition. It was in Austin, sure. and um, it was like a weekend thing. And basically, they shove you in a room full of students that you haven't met before, and you have like eight hours to get a campaign. You yep. so, okay, you know what it is. So, so I did that, and I and I loved it. It was kind of crazy. It was intense, but it was it was fun and exciting. And so I was like, I you know I want to kind of learn more. So I joined my chapter at SFA, um, and then when I came down to Houston, I didn't realize that there was a young adult version of it. So oh, I was yeah. like, sweet, <laughs> let me go ahead and get in on this as well. And, um, and, you know, I had fun, uh, and I still have fun with you guys every time we have opportunities to, to do things together. So that was kind of my way. It was through, uh, through my school and, and just meeting other students from especially all the different other states, uh, not the states, but the different other uh, cities. So you work as the community outreach liaison at the Harris County District Clerk's Office. Can you talk a little bit about what your role entails? Right. So it's, it's interesting. It's kind of a hybrid position. So... Half of the job is is community engagement. The other half is communications. And so uh, the communications aspect of it is where the kind of implementing campaigns and um, creating social media content, a little bit of paid search, uh, not too much, but a little bit of paid search, social media ads, uh, and then, of course, content creation, um, any kind of videos for the office, you know, writing scripts, producing, shooting. If I have to hire out vendors for certain things. That's where that job would and be involved with that. And then the other half of the job is, is community outreach where I'm out in the community. I make speeches. Um, I talk to different students. Primarily right now, it's, it's college and high school. I'm talking about jury service, talking about um, civic duty and, and getting people involved with the process. Because a lot of people have misconceptions of uh, jury duty in particular. And uh, most of people, including myself before this job, thought it was a hassle, right? It's like, ah, I... I got this thing in the mail and now I have to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I now have to go show up at this place and it's going to be early and you know, I have to deal with downtown. And if you're not familiar with downtown with the one way street thing, oh, it becomes a problem. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it. Nobody wants to do that. Right. Yeah. But what I try to explain to folks is 
with all the hassle that's involved with it, there's a lot of benefit. And the small little impact that you do, it, it makes a huge difference in a person's life. Um, you know, your one little decision to go to this place, especially if you get paneled, you know, it, it's a window into our justice system. Right. Like the closest thing that people can really think about is like uh, shows on TV, you know, where they see a lawyer and then they see some people and I object. And it's like, you know, it's really high stakes and all this stuff. But it's different in real life. You know, it's, with the cases are real. Um, some of the worst cases I've ever heard were like uh, instances where a mom shoved the, her baby inside an oven. Oh, my and, God. and as a juror so of that crazy, case, man. you have to figure out, you know, what what is the most uh, what is the, the proper punishment for this individual? Yeah. Um, another one, right? Uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago with oh, the, yeah. uh, the abandoned children? Yeah. That was in Harris County jurisdiction. So oh, wow. that case is inside our courts. Um, and so, you know, whoever's on the unfortunate souls that are picked for that juror, um, <laughs> they have a lot of work ahead of them on that one. Cause <laughs> there was a lot of crazy details in that one. I can't really divulge some of that stuff because it's, uh, it's, it's sealed at this point, yeah. meaning the judge doesn't want, uh, certain things involved in out to the public. Yeah. But you know, the, the importance of you being the juror is you, you get to administer justice. Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the some of the things that I kind of bring out when, whenever I go to different places to, to speak. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's really great because uh, being part of a jury is part of the uh, civic duty of being a citizen. Uh, it's a privilege that we have and it's it's the price of being part of this country. Yeah. And I wouldn't yeah. say it's fun. That's not the adjective yeah. I would use for it, but uh, interesting, engaging, eye-opening would be words I would use. Um, just some of the, the things you would hear or experience. Uh, it is a team sport. You're not there by yourself. You have 11 other jurors there. And it is kind of intense sometimes because you have people who don't agree with you, right? Some people have seen the facts and they think something else. And it's up to you to come up to some resolution uh, that's fair. And so, yeah, it's definitely rewarding, uh, but definitely I wouldn't consider it to be entertaining or fun. That's not really the words I would use for that. Yeah. So before we move on, I know yeah. that you, you know, you worked in audio and video and I've seen some of the stuff you've done. It's, it's fantastic. Before you move over to the public sector, right? Yeah. So um, what kind of cost you or what drove you to switching over from private sector to public sector? Doing something different. So before this job, I was freelancing, and um, I, I loved my freelancing experience. I, it allowed me to travel. It allowed me to go to different places and experience different things. I worked on a variety of different projects like documentaries, and, and uh, of course, uh, I did some promo videos. I did some music videos. I enjoyed the experience, but the thing that kind of got me to want to be curious about, I guess, this sector is, is health insurance. I think that was kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a health insurance. <laughs> I'm not I, gonna I don't lie blame to you. you. <laughs> the health insurance thing really got me. I was like, you know, you know, because I've, as as anybody who's ever done freelancing before, like sometimes you know to get that great shot, you have to you know give your, you have to put yourself in sketchy positions. Yes. Um, I remember I was doing a rock climbing video. Oh my and, goodness. And um, you know, I had a harness on and stuff because I was I was safe, but you know, the wrong little fall. You know, my oh, leg yeah. is broken and it's like, all right, how do I deal with this? Right. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the, the health insurance thing is uh, is definitely uh, a motivating factor into why I was like, OK, I'll try this out. And uh, it was really random, actually. So I was I was on a project and um, this guy that I was uh, that was in my shoot was like, hey, you know, I know this lady who's running for office. You ever thought about working for government? And I was like, uh, you mean like a CIA agent or something like that? <laughs> I mean, and he's I like, the FBI. <laughs> 
I was like, not really. But um, he's like, oh, you know, give it a shot. She's looking for some people in her communications team. And so I, I had that conversation and I showed him some of the projects I worked on and, you know, it, it worked out. And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And I figured, you know, if it didn't work in three months or so, I'll just go back to freelancing, sure. you know, and, and here, I guess it's like three and a half years later, uh-huh. I'm still here. So I guess it did work. Yeah. <laughs> I saw not a whole lot of rock climbing. Already no, no, not, not, not any of that stuff. Uh, a lot of office stuff, wearing suits. Uh, <laughs> so I know Great. we just talked about it a bit, but I'd love to hear more how you got more involved with the district uh, clerk's office. Right. So in, in most cases, if you talk to other people, usually they worked with the, elect, the person running for office before they got elected, oh, yeah. right? So that's, that's typically the, the pathway. You get in on the ground floor on their campaign, yeah. on the political end of things. And then when they actually get elected, they basically, you know, create a space for you either in their communications team or some other type of department. Um, mine was a little different. Like I said, I, I was I was freelancing. I was working on um, this shoot for uh, for a different candidate. Oh, wow. um, and I was like, eh, I didn't really did political videos. Political videos are kind of weird. They are not they're not like um, there's a storyline, but it's. It's strange. You know, it's like a lot more like it's more on the entertainment end yeah. of things, right? It's like, you know, this person is doing this and do you want this person <laughs> to blah, blah, blah? Like, it's like, it, it's kind of weird, right? So I I was like, this is whatever. But you know, I, I, I wanted the experience. So I was like, let me try it. But yeah, it was really random. I can't say that I did some type of strategic, you know, grand scheme plan to get here. It was more of like I was doing my own thing and then this happened to just present itself and i was like sure why not and then it, cool. yeah and i wish i had a really you know a great story to to give you with that one but it was really just it was really random um i, I think it goes to you just never know what a connection is going to do for you right, right. you true. you know one day you're just recording a video for someone and the next day is three years later and <laughs> you have a really great job I'm like yeah. all right um no that's really cool so um so, you know, working for the city, or sorry, working for the county yeah. also implies uh, that, you know, there's there's different sides, right? Because it, it's not necessarily political, but uh, politics does get involved, right? Now, right. Um, we we live in a non-partisan city, meaning that no candidate has a D or an R next to their name. Uh, however, every elected official is affiliated with a party. Um, so how has the current political climate affected your job in any way or has it affected your job in any way it has and and so what's interesting harris county is is considered one of the blue dots of texas right so it's, yep. it's very democratic uh, my uh miss burgess is a democratic uh candidate um and you know i have great relationships with with everyone i don't I, what what really helps my particular situation is the fact that i came from news and news you're supposed to be unbiased so yeah. I didn't really develop a uh, staunch Democratic platform in my head or a Republican platform. I worked with everybody. And so uh, I think it suits me well in this particular position because there are times where you have to work with Republican candidates and they automatically kind of look at you a certain way because of the office you work for. Um, It's like, oh, you know, you must be, you know, this left wing, blah, 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 simply because I'm coming from the district clerk's office. So it makes it a little difficult working with different offices. It can be sometimes just because there are the vast majority of the county is Democratic, yeah. right? Most of the elected officials came from the Democratic ticket. Um, 
you know, Democrats essentially run the county, you know, and, and um, on off off season elections, Republicans do show up more. Um, so that's where you will get a lot of propositions and things of that nature. But when it comes to the elected officials, I mean, we 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 brought in a bunch of new judges um, just recently in in uh, the the past major election, and a lot of them were um, LGBT, a lot of them were Latina, a lot of them were black, you know, and, it, and it's like it, it brought in a whole new crop of folks. So it's it's interesting now when you go to the courthouses and you see all these different types of people who are now in these positions of, I guess, power, if you want to call it. Um. So it's interesting, but then at the same time, uh, people start to um, get too far into their side of things, right? And it becomes a little bit one-sided. I, I would say my concern would be is the fact that it's, I don't want, I don't want, th- I think government should stay neutral. I think government works best whenever both sides have an opportunity to, to contribute. Yeah. And whenever it gets too one-sided, I think that's where you run into unintended consequences. And so that's what my concern with uh, now is I hope that uh, we don't get too far in one direction yeah. um, because we miss out on the other aspects. I don't think that one party is evil. You know, I, I think that they all have things that they can contribute to. And so that's just one of my concerns. So it makes the job a little difficult because you have to navigate these spaces. Right. It's really easy to navigate through the Democratic spaces because everyone knows what office you came from. And, you know, it's, oh, oh yeah, we love Maryland. Uh, but it becomes a little bit more of a challenge when you're in Republican spaces. But you have to visit both because I serve Harris County. I don't serve Democrats in Harris County. Yeah. Right. So it's like you have to build relationships with both people, regardless of what their political background is, because I serve everyone. Everybody who is in Harris County, I work for them. So I guess that that's kind of the difficulty is just navigating those spaces. Yeah. So I want to change focus a bit. You have planned and executed campaigns in the private sector before working for the county. How different is the process when working for the county from conception to execution than working as a vendor? Yeah. So what's what's interesting is um, as a vendor, you get one piece of the pie, right? So you have a specific role that you play. The client tells you, hey, I need this video, uh, you know, and these are the elements. Some clients are a little bit more savvy than others, right? They'll kind of know what they want and they're a lot more organized. That wasn't my experience. Most clients that I've worked with had no idea what they wanted or what they were doing. And you had to spend a lot more time kind of fleshing out the idea because, you know, some people just don't really know all the thought process that goes into uh, any kind of production project, right? whether it be video or audio. And so you kind of have to play as a teacher sometimes to educate your client on uh, on how things work. It's like, well, you know, it that's I can't be turned around in three hours because we're trying to do all these other things. So it's, you know, or or really budget, right? Like yeah. you have to be really honest with your clients when it comes to budget. This is different coming from uh, now being in the other seat because because I know these things, right? Yeah. The conversation when it comes to budget is very short because I know prices, I know how long it takes to, to do certain things. And so I'm not asking for unrealistic things whenever I'm talking to different people or hiring folks for, uh, for, for certain aspects of, of the campaign. What's more challenging is now I have to think about a lot more, right? Because before I just had a little lane. And now it's like, okay, this is a piece of an overall pie and it needs to fit together to accomplish the singular goal. And so it's, it's, it's been a challenge and exciting to be able to grow more and be able to 
you know, manage, uh, you know, a $75,000 budget. You know, that's, that's cool. I mean, before this, I was working with maybe $5,000, $2,000 budgets, which, you know, at that time I thought I was really doing something and I didn't realize how complicated as <laughs> the more money comes. It's like, you know, you would think, you know, as a vendor, you would think, oh, more money gives you more, you know, opportunity and stuff yeah. to do things. But on the other end of it, more money became, becomes more problematic because now, in addition to having a bigger budget to manage, you now have to be accountable for every little thing you do. So whenever we're trying to do um, budget reports for commissioner's court, right, we have to put every little item of like, well, here are the metrics. This was our Ross. This was our Ross. This was our this. You know, we had this many impressions. We had this uh, click through rate. We had this, this and this and that. And like everything has to be like itemized. Uh, and this is why I need this amount of money for the next budget, because we need this, this and this. Like it, everything has to be thought out. Everything has to be like planned, organized. T's have to be crossed. I's have to be dotted. Um, a lot more paperwork. Oh, yeah. A lot more paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's government, right? It's, uh, yeah. They want to have. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's um, it, it's really funny because when you when you start talking budgets with a client. They're usually like, it's like you said, right? Oh, why can't you get this done in like three hours? I'm paying you you know, $1,000. And it's like, that's just not enough to right. get all of this done. $1,000 might blow yeah. through just hiring enough people to be on board to do that project. Yeah. Right? That's, you know. It's, you know, and it's it's funny because people don't question their mechanics, right? You go to the mechanic and they tell you, hey, we're going to need to fix your, your, your brakes. That's going to be 500 bucks. And you're like, yeah, here you go. But when someone in the creative aspect comes, they're like, why is this taking so long? And honestly, I think part of it has to do with the fact that, you know, freelancing is decentralized and, you know, everyone's mm. pricing themselves differently. Yeah. And I think that's not not to hate on people who are starting out, uh, you know, especially fresh college students. But, you know, undervaluing your expertise hurts the overall market. And so what I do recommend folks to do is, uh, if you can find other people who are are doing the thing, I would work with them and kind of get a feel of how to really price yourself. Just because you know that if you if you start off charging people two hundred bucks because you know the the only job that you had experience with was working minimum wage, and so you're thinking, oh shoot, I'm making double or triple the amount of money I was making before. Sure, but you also have to factor in the fact that you have to pay for your equipment. Yep. Right. Your your cameras are not cheap. Your lenses are not cheap. You have to make sure that you have enough uh, memory in your hard drives mm. uh, and backup drives. You know, your laptop costs a lot of money. So you're paying all these costs up front. You know, so that two hundred dollars doesn't get you much when you start factoring in all the other costs that are involved in being in business. Yeah. You know, and so but, you know, I didn't know those things. Right. I, I'm, I was guilty of that. I, I didn't know anything when I first started. I was just trying to just I just wanted to sh make videos. That's really all I was yes. thinking about. You know, and so I don't blame anybody. But it's just, you know, as I've gotten more experience, I've gotten older. You know, I started realizing, oh, maybe it would have been more beneficial to, you know, go on someone else's team for a bit, learn something and then kind of take that information. And, and if I wanted to go do my own thing, you know, it, I could I would be more informed. Yeah. With that. Definitely uh, undervaluing yourself hurts everyone. So remember, folks, don't undervalue yourself because then you're hurting yourself, but then you're also hurting everybody else trying to get that job, yeah. right? Because now someone's trying to, you know, talk to me, talking about, oh, this other person did it for three hundred. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So 
Just to bring it back real yeah. quick, so the so he, the thing with politics is that there's a revolving door of politicians, right, at all levels of government, uh, city, county, state, etc. Meaning that every few years, the person you work for might get reelected, might not get reelected, but will definitely go or, or might or might not even run, right? So, Marilyn Burgess uh, is out for reelection in 2023. Um, how do you expect this? campaign season to affect your job within the, uh, within the county? Yeah. So, so anytime that you get hired on uh, by the elected official, um, your success and your career is kind of attached to that person. So um, it doesn't mean that if, let's say, for instance, the, the person that you came in the office with doesn't get reelected, it doesn't mean at that point you've lost your job. But it also means that if everyone's following the same formula, the people who helped the person who won are most likely going to be in your position. It's, it's okay because, you know, I came from an environment where, you know, jobs didn't last too long anyway. I mean, I, I stayed at TV stations for two years, sometimes a year and a half, uh, just because of, of changing environments. So the expectation of staying in one place forever was never, you know, in my facility anyway. I thought four years was a long time. I was yeah. like, oh, shoot, yeah. I'm going to have health insurance for at least four years. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna go break uh, a few limbs. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's um, but this is why I would say if, if you want to go this direction, you know, find a candidate that you actually support. Um, don't just try to get with somebody just simply because you think that's a winning train because you're ta- you're attached to that person, mm. right? That you're a part of their person, that person's brand. Yeah, and so you know you're going to be spending time, you know, both both office hours and out of office hours you know, working towards their campaign. So, you know, there's some things I, I help her out with um, outside of the actual limits of the of the position. I do believe in what she's trying to do. I think that she's done a great job. Um, I've been a part of that, so I might be biased in that uh, thing, you know, just say that out loud. But I, I honestly think that she's, she's done a great job, and I think that, you know, uh, she d- is well-deserving of another term to finish off some of the projects that we have. Because one of the biggest things that we're still trying to do is EJR making the whole jury summons process electronic. Wow. And so that, that's going to take a little bit more time to, to develop. Uh, and hopefully she has the opportunity to actually finish it. Oh, that's um, cool. But yeah, it's, it, you're, you're attached to it. And yeah, if, if she didn't get elected and if that person had a whole crew of people that they, you know, wanted to work with, um, doesn't mean that you couldn't join that crew, right? You could have an interview with them. And if, if it meshes well, then, you know, you just basically continue doing what you're doing. But, well, yeah, it's it's it does. Uh, it's very transient. So, for our listeners who may, who may want to work in government and politics, what advice do you have for them? You so if you yeah, I would definitely get involved with the political parties, and I I, I it's unfortunate to say that because I, I don't really consider mm-hmm. myself a political person, but yeah. but that honestly that's what it is because that's where you meet everyone. Yeah. You meet everybody there, right? And even the folks who are elected. They still have to run through those circuits. So um, get involved with whichever party that you want to get involved with. Um, I would do research on the candidates and figure out which ones that you you agree with because it's really hard to work with somebody that you don't agree with um, or you think that wouldn't do a good job because you're going to be an advocate for that person. So definitely get involved. Um, it's going to be pretty thankless uh, for a while until that person is actually in office. So, you know, it don't. It would be nice if you got paid for the work that you would do, 
but it is volunteer work, yeah. you know. So you know, canvassing is not the funnest thing in the world. Uh, you know, handing out flyers to folks, and it is it's interesting to do those things, but just have the understanding that it's going to be a lot of free work. It's going to be a lot of free labor. Oh yeah, your um, feet are gonna hurt when you go canvassing. Yes, trust me. Uh, it's but you know you're if you are really passionate about um, helping people, and if you're more kind of on the, the public service minded anyway, then I guess those things really wouldn't bother you. Um, but if you're oh, here's the other thing I forgot. I want to make sure I mention this: the benefits of working governor are great as far as health insurance and retirement and things like that. You're not gonna get paid top dollar. So you know I could probably make an extra 15, 20,000 above my salary working somewhere else. That's part of the deal uh, when you when you work in the public sector is you you take a pay cut essentially in order for the extra benefits. Yeah. Right? That's that's kind of the deal. Now once you're in, you know, you can move around a lot easier. So it's like you're part of a bigger organism. So if you didn't necessarily like the office that you're in, you 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 can always move to other huh. offices and, you know, and and kind of stay within either county or city, depending on which direction you went into. Um, but yeah, that's just have that understanding. Just be realistic with that. Uh, because county and city and state, actually all government in general, yeah. deals with fixed budgets. Mm-hmm. So um, what that means is just because you do a fantastic job doesn't mean you're going to be able to get a raise. Because <laughs> everything's dependent upon that particular department's budget. And all that stuff is, you know, cross-examined and, and all that other stuff. So just having realistic expectations and, and be there for the right reasons. Because if you're trying to do it for money, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Now, um, you know, not taking any sides here, but I would recommend that people get involved in um, politics. Uh, find, like he said, uh, someone you believe in. Uh, I personally don't canvass in. I've done phone calls. Uh, it's, yeah, I thought it was nice. fun. Uh, it was interesting. I can tell you some stories yeah. about it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to say who it was on the podcast. Uh, but, you know, it, it really makes you feel like uh, you're part of this bigger thing, right? Like yeah. you are doing it for your city, for your community. Absolutely. Uh, and that's it's part of being a citizen of this country, uh, I believe, anyways. So before we, we head out, there's a couple more things that we want to ask real quick. but. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about switching roles from content producer to community outreach liaison and the importance of taking the time you need to figure out the type of role you want to do in this industry? Shoot, honestly, man, I'm still figuring that out, right? Like, uh, um, I, so, young professionals. Right, and I, and I think it's important to say that because, you know, I don't want to come off as I'm like I had everything figured out, you know, and I, and I think, you know, a lot of times when I listen to podcasts and I listen to interviews and things like that, you know, like Will Smith seemed to have this master plan, right? And he's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, I, you know, I knew I was going to be this person. And I knew I was going to do this. And that wasn't me. I, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going. And, you know, um, life is a journey and I'm just kind of, just kind of figuring my, my space in it. Um, I, I've, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned what I don't want to do. Right. So, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I think uh, some, you know, older gentlemen, at a bench one time when I was just sitting waiting for the bus told me, Hey, you know, just see out your opportunities. And if something comes up, take it, you know? And, and, and this was kind of like one of these situations, right? I was content producing, I was freelancing, I was doing, you know, essentially uh, self-employed and um, this opportunity came up and I was like, yeah, why not? I can always go back to doing what I was doing before. So, you know, it's like, if, if it doesn't work out, I guess really the, the thing I would say is to take risks. 
especially if it's stuff that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, if it's a growing opportunity, don't be afraid of it. Because I didn't know anything about p- politics. I didn't know anything about uh, community engagement. I didn't know anything about that stuff. I learned that stuff on the job. And I think a lot of jobs are kind of like that, where you just kind of learn what you need to know on the job because you want to do well. And so uh, I would say that. Don't be afraid of of challenges. Don't be afraid of things. Even apply for jobs that you think you're not qualified for, right? I, I would do it. Why not? Shoot your shot. So uh, you never know what you can accomplish. And, you know, the more you push yourself, the more, you know, you actually discover about yourself. So, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say that. So we've been talking a lot about government and politics and the common thread that keeps coming up are connections, community, and networking. And with that, your job and connections kind of go hand in hand. You're constantly at events. You're constantly meeting new people. Can you talk a bit about your approach to making meaningful connections within your network? I I would say the, the, the biggest thing that you would need is the ability to talk to strangers. I think that's kind of... That's that's really huge. Uh, great example. I was at an event uh, on Friday, actually, and it was involving um, a, an organization I've never met. I didn't know who the speaker was besides Hill Harper, who's uh, who's an actor on Good Doctor. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I've met him before, but uh, I don't know him like that. But, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, you I mean, don't have his phone number. No, I, I <laughs> no. not yet. No. And he, he didn't remember me. So that's that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, it. My approach is I always talk to people as if I know them. You know, I, I just, you know, anybody who I meet, I pretend like I've met you 10 years ago. And uh, I just strike up conversations. I, I think it's, you know, everyone has, there are common threads, right? You can always um, break ice with uh, sports. You can break ice with uh, current events. I think reading the news kind of helps because it just kind of gives you some talking points to to talk about. Um, but yeah, the ability to talk to strangers is, um, is very key, uh, because you, you don't get anything accomplished and there is no connection made if you can't even walk up to somebody. So yeah, have I had people give me really weird reactions? Like who is this guy? Yes, but maybe it's my level of confidence is so high to where they, they start questioning themselves. Like, have I met this guy before? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just keep it going. Like, yeah, just, yeah, it's like yeah, 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 sure, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, I and I learned that on the job because you know I, I would go to events and because um, I have to write reports uh, just oh. just to kind of keep up with what's happening in the community. So like you know, if I go to a civic club meeting or or oh. something like that, you know, I have to write a report on it to say, say, hey, you know, this is kind of the things that this com- this particular community is is um, is talking about or the issues they may have. Um, and it's really hard to write a report if you didn't talk to a single person there. So, you know, it, it makes it challenging if you can't do that, but it, it, it's scary, I guess. I, at this point, I'm kind of used to it. I'm used to the awkward and I, I kind of relish in awkwardness. And so, you know, I sometimes even try to make things more awkward just to get it out of the way. It's like, all right, look, this is going to be weird. Hi, I'm Devante. Over for the Harris County District Clerk's office, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the worst things people can say or do is just walk away from you. Yeah, honestly. and that, that never happens. Yeah, it never happens. People are too nice here for <laughs> them to walk away from you. Dude, it's I, the was, South. I was, I was literally, South. I yes. was in the middle of a just a country, super country bumpkin type uh, event, and everybody uh, had on a cowboy boot. And I'm, I'm oh, from the north, cool. so oh, that's right. You, you know, are, I, I uh, yeah. How y'all doing? All that stuff was there, right? And I'm, <laughs> it was a bunch of white people there. Right, I was the only black person there, 
<laughs> and you would think, man, there's nothing that's going to get accomplished here. Wrong. I was, I was basically like, as soon as I saw one guy, I was like, I'm going to target that guy. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him and he's going to look at me super weird, but I don't care because I'm, I'm making connections in this room. So yeah, it, it ended up being fine and you know, people are friendly, but it, I guess it's that initial assumption that your mind makes is what really trips people up. Yeah, no, it's difficult to talk to strangers. I mean, we've been told all of our lives not to. Um, So, you know, I've always uh, admired that about you because, you know, we've been to plenty of networking events together. Uh, We've done, you know, been in different things, different, uh, we've been in different situations where I've seen you just kind of co-op and be like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, have you ever met this person? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I'm yeah, horrible with names. Cool. Yeah, I don't remember uh, anyone's true. name. That also, yeah. And that, that trips me up sometimes, but it's like, you know, I, hey, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Then, well, it does matter. People's names do matter. I don't want to say yeah. that. But you'll, you'll learn it. Yes. Yeah. Give, me, give me about three times and I'll figure it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Devante. This has been uh, quite a bit of fun. You know, I, I'm glad that uh, you were able to come out and talk a little bit about this because this is something that we haven't really touched on too much, government. Uh, and I think it's very important for people to to know how the gr- the gears of government kind of move, yeah, uh, especially f- from the communication side, right? I would definitely tell people to get involved. And and you know, one thing that I would say too, uh, before we before we wrap things sure, up, sure, um, too many times I see the very extroverted people get advanced into government because of either their personality or you know because they're charismatic or things like that, and we miss out on you know, a lot of talent because of people who may be shy or or, or things of that nature. And um, what I would like to encourage people, or at least to try to, to get out there is for those who are not the most uh, people person-y out there. um, It's important that they get involved. It's important that they um, participate in the process, you know, get involved with government because we need everyone's different expertise. And, you know, we miss out, if everyone is a me, you know, we don't get the best government, yeah. right? We can't have a million Devantes. We, we have to have Guido. We, we have to have the Rose. We have to have everybody. We have to have everybody there. So, yeah, don't be afraid to get involved. Thank you. That's, that's, a, that's great advice. And we all should get involved uh, in our, especially in our communities, because that's what's going to affect us, you know, right away. Yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, how Absolutely. Can people find I am you? so glad you asked that. So uh, make sure that you go to your mail and you look for a jury summons <laughs> and you answer your call to serve. That's the, if, if you guys don't remember anything in this whole podcast, remember to answer your jury summons from the mail. We will never call you, right? So if someone's calling you saying, hey, answer your, your summons, blah, 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 it's most likely a scammer and don't give them your, your social security number. Oh, so that's yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a thing. That's oh, a thing wow. that's out there. So yes, we, we send we send mail. All so, right. Yes, answer your summons. Uh, you can find our office at hcdistrictclerk.com. Um, it's not the most exciting. Actually, no, there is an exciting part of it. If you're curious about cases like criminal cases and and like what the new filings are, we actually do have a uh, a data set that you can view. It is public. And you can see the different cases. There's some crazy stuff out there. So oh, I, I recommend those stuff. going on yeah. to the website. You know, That's there's cool. aggravated assault, you know, DUIs, uh, murders, you know, domestic violence stuff. What? All that stuff's there. That's oh. uh, it's crazy. Nothing is. Yeah. I, that's I might actually go over there. Yeah. How can people find you? Are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. Um, I believe my name is Devonte Hill. If you type that in, um, 
Last time I checked my birth certificate. Uh, but I think, yeah, if you, you could find me there. Um, Totemodula is also my Instagram, and that's also my YouTube. So if you want to see some of my other projects, um, I might be, you know, working with Guido on some other projects. Too, <laughs> so, you know, look up for that. Gonna go uh, take some pictures again <laughs> soon. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Before we go, AF Houston and Ad2 invite the entire advertising community to kick the summer off with a fun and casual co-hosted event. Join us at LaGrange on 2517 Ralph Street on Thursday, May 19th from 6 to 9 p.m. for AAF Houston's Beers with Peers Summer Edition. While you're there, sign up and stick around to play Add to Houston's Trivia Ad. It's advertising trivia. Square off against the sharpest marketing and communications minds in Houston at this year's Add to Houston Trivia Ad Night. Once again, that's 6 to 9 p.m. May 19th at LaGrange. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.